Good morning, everyone. You having a good day so far? Wasn't worship incredible today? It's so good to get in the presence of our God. You know, first service, a lady came up to me, and I'd seen her a few weeks before. Um, and a few weeks before, she came in with the saddest look I think I've ever seen on a person's face. And she said to me, Pastor Glenn, they've diagnosed me with stage four lung cancer. And I did a social distancing, and I'm like, you know what? We're laying hands on you, and we're praying, and we're believing God. And we prayed in confidence, believing that God was going to touch her and God was going to heal her. Today she walked in, <laughs> Pastor Tim, she had the happiest face I think I'd ever seen before in my life. And she said, come down. She was just a small lady. And we knelt down. She goes, all it was was a lung infection. They, they did biopsies. They did all these things. She says, I am healed. And I said, you know what? Let's just stop. I laid hands on her anyway. And we rejoiced because God is going to get the glory for healing our dear sister in Jesus' name. You know, it's so funny, the world that we live in today. Last week, we gave all the fathers, you know, your little pocket knives, you know, so you could pick at stuff, whatever you, do, whatever you do with a pocket knife. Today, it's so crazy, we're giving everyone packs, five packs of free health department delivered reusable masks as your gift. You know, we're... <laughs> We're, we're used to giving away like root beer or candy or popcorn or Sunday fun day with popsicles. Well, today we're giving away free masks. <laughs> what a world that we live in. I want to show you a few pictures as I get started with today's message. A lot of times there are purposes in things that we don't even realize the full purpose for them. Let me just show you a few. All right. That is a pair of Levi jeans, and there's a little pocket right there. I thought it was just for my thumb when I wanted to look cool. Does anyone know what that's for? And all the baby boomers said, a pocket watch, of course. And all the millennials are saying, what is a pocket watch, Pastor? That's for a pocket watch. That's why it was made there. Sex thing. All right, you see the holes? I found this fascinating. In all the pots and pans, there are holes. Now, one of the purposes, so those that have places to hang them, you can hang them there. But another purpose is if you're cooking like a sauce, spaghetti sauce, pasta sauce, you can stick the wooden spoon in it where the spoon is held over the pot so it doesn't drip on your counter. How many didn't know that? I'm like, last night, I'm like, well, man, I'm preparing. I'm having a revival in the Davis home right now. And Elaine's like, thank you for finding that one. I don't have to clean up your mess anymore. Next one. That is a pasta ladle. Now, one of the purposes for the hole in the center is obviously as you're dipping it out, you're shaking the water through that. But another purpose is if you want one serving of spaghetti, you put it through that hole and measure it out, it's exactly one serving of spaghetti. We are learning today at Countryside. Next, you ever get 
clothes, whether it be a jacket or a dress or whatever, and you have this little piece of fabric that's in the pocket when they give it to you. A lot of people, they thought, well, that's just in case I have a hole, I can put a patch on my, my jacket or whatever. What it's really for is for you to test your detergent and the way you do your laundry, put that through there, and it's a test to see how your clothes are going to react to your laundry detergent. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're teaching today at Countryside, aren't we? All right. It's true. Google it. I did. Next one. <clears throat> All right. So now, I, I, just, I couldn't believe this one. When I, when I saw this, I'm like, wow. See that arrow next to the the gas tank? I never noticed an arrow ever on any gas tank until I saw this last night when I was preparing. That arrow shows which side of the car your gas tank is on. So if you're ever renting a car, you look and you see the arrows pointing to the side of the gas tank. How many didn't know that? I didn't know that. Well, guys, it's been great learning at Countryside. Have a wonderful day. You see, if you don't know something's purpose, you're likely to ignore the purpose for whatever the item is or for whatever that is in yourself. There is so much in purpose that God wants to teach us and show us, but where we're living in a season right now where so many people are frustrated. They don't understand why are we going through what we're going through? Why do I have to wear a mask to go inside places? What's the reason? What's the point of all this? We're saving lives, but yet we're getting sick by blowing our own stuff into our own nose. There's all these things. We're like, what's the point? What's the reason? What's the purpose? But it goes deeper than that. When we really start to look at our purpose in life, we can get so distracted so easily, and we can lose sight of really what God wants to do in us and through us. For some of you, you may have worked at the same job for 20 years and you feel like no one ever notices, no one's ever said you're doing a good job. There's people that I know that have been in the same job for 20 years and have never gotten a raise in 20 years. What's the point? I'm just going through the motions. What is the point? Maybe you're a parent and you're trying to raise your teenagers in a godly home. How many have teenagers in here? Oh, a lot more in this service. I'm praying for you, everyone. I want you to know that. But your, your kids are at an age where they're not wanting to hear it. You know, you're, you're trying to discipline. You're trying to lay down the rules. You're trying to give them things to follow. You're trying to teach them more about Jesus. But yet, all you seem to see is rebellion. Or all you seem to see is them on their phones. All you may seem to see is them in front of a video game, and you think, is it really worth all the effort that I'm putting into raising my teenager? I want to tell you it is. My kids are all grown now. My kids can't look back and say, well, my dad checked out or my mom checked out when I was a teenager. They didn't want us in. Well, we beat the door down to get in. They didn't want to hear us. They were going to hear us anyway because everything that we did was out of love and care for them. They're not remembering that they didn't want us around. They're not remembering the embarrassment we brought to them with their friends. What they're remembering now as adults is that you were there 
and that you love them. You love them in the most difficult of times in their life. We were all teenagers. None of y'all were easy when you were teenagers either. So pray for your kids. Never give up. There's purpose unlike any other purpose in your life with your teenagers right here and right now. For some of you, maybe you're fighting for your marriage. And the more you fight, the more your spouse seems to back away. And you continue to fight, and they just get further and further away. And you get to the point where it's like, what is the point of all of this struggle, of all of this pain? I want to encourage you, keep fighting the good fight. Keep praying and seeking God. God has purpose in all that you're going through right now. Maybe you're trying to serve God. You're trying to do good. When everything goes wrong, you're trying to be the one that steps up and lives your life according to God's word, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love people with all your heart, but yet you don't see the results. What is the purpose? It just seems like I'm getting on a merry-go-round. It just goes around and around, and I keep getting the same answer and the same results. Why bother? Today we're going to talk about finding your why. Every single one of us, how many are Christ followers in here? Every single one of us that are Christ followers that are seeking after God, we all have something in common. We all have the same why to our purpose. It may look very, very differently in different people and the way things make shake out and the way we live our lives, but we all have the same why. But we live in a world that wants to rob us of our why. People that are most depressed, they are depressed because they have no idea what their why is, and they live their purpose, and there is none. They just wake up, live life, and go to bed. Well, church, today, I want to encourage you that God has so much more for us than to wake up, live our life, and go to bed. There is a deeper call and a deeper purpose that God has for all of us. Can you say amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We seek your face. Speak to us through your word today, I pray. Mold us and shape us into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start in Acts chapter 13, verse 36. This is where we see Luke, who's writing the book of Acts, and he's referring back to David, King David, and the purpose that David walked out. It says in verse 36, now when David had served God's purpose, I want you to notice that. David had served God's purpose in his own generation. He fell asleep. That's a biblical way of saying David died. He was buried and his ancestors and his body decayed. You see, David served God's purpose for his life. David served his purpose. He fulfilled his calling while serving God's purpose. He understood his why. He accomplished his what by serving God's purpose in his why. Dr. Miles Monroe, wonderful preacher from the Bahamas, he, he was killed in a, a plane crash a few years ago, but this is a great quote from him. It says, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. We live in a world today where so many people are seeking and seeking and seeking, and they're trying to live with what the world tells them will give them joy, will give them peace, and will give them purpose. 
But I want you to know the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's using the culture of this world to deceive people on what real joy and real happiness is. God wants to give you real joy, real peace. But in order to find that, you've got to seek after God's purpose in your life. This COVID-19 is driving me crazy. We think we're getting through it, and then all of a sudden we have all these new cases that are coming this week, this past week. So frustrating. As you look back, nobody saw it coming. We don't fully understand what it's doing and what it means. We've seen this massive global panic in order to protect people. We've shut down businesses. We've shut down the United States for months in an effort to save lives. We've killed the economy in an effort to save some lives, we've ruined other lives. And we live in a world right now where there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of frustration. There's people even now, they're back in their house and they're stuck and they're like, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, I'm just frustrated. I wanna tell you, there's nothing that caught God by surprise. Nothing, there's nothing that we're going through right now that caught God by surprise. God wants to use us, the church, in a place where we've never been used before in ways that we could never even imagine. There's some people, they're frustrated at home. I've talked to people, they said, I'm just, I find myself dipping into depression because I don't feel like getting out of bed. I'm not around people. I don't get to do my job like I used to. It's all at home and it's so difficult. I can't even go out without people looking at me like I'm sick or there's something wrong. Everything is shaken up and weird right now in today's culture. I know a lot of pastors aren't gonna say weird. It's weird. Thank you, whoever said it is weird. But what happens is when people lose their why, they lose their purpose. David served God's purpose. He found his why, and he lived out his what. So today I'm gonna give you three principles through it all, on purpose and how to live out God's purpose for you. Number one, your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. I wanna say that again, your purpose isn't for you. This is so different than Western Christianity. We live in a world and a, a nation and a, a region where everything is focused about you, you, you. Oh, you deserve this, you could get this, you should have this, you should. And it loses sight on truly what God wants us to know. He has a purpose just for you. And it's a God-given purpose. David understood this. In Psalm chapter 57, verse two, he says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. When this was written, David was running from Saul. Saul was chasing him and trying to kill David. In the middle of him running, he penned these words with confidence, knowing, not understanding what's going on, but knowing his goal in life, his goal with living out his purpose, was for God to fulfill his purpose in him. David wasn't trying to find his purpose. So often everybody's like, I just gotta find my purpose, I gotta find my. When you begin to walk out God's purpose for your life, you're gonna find your purpose. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. So what is purpose? 
purpose is defined as an original intent. It's a reason. It's the why. If you don't know something's purpose, you'll likely ignore it. Just like we showed, who would have ever thought that hole in the pasta ladle was for one serving? I ignored that all these years. I'm not ignoring it anymore. I want to give you the Greek word, and this is the purest definition of sin in Scripture. It comes from the Greek word harmatia. It's an archery term. It means missing the mark, missing the target, missing the purpose, abusing the purpose. It's a violation of purpose. Sin is doing things and living life outside of the lines of God's purpose in your life. You look at any sin, there's no sin that's in the boundaries that God's given you for your purpose. So many people, they don't know their purpose, and they're always seeking their purpose, and they think, this job is going to give me and fulfill the purpose, or maybe it's a relationship. Have you ever seen, even maybe when you're younger, or some people that are going through it right now, you know people, they they go from relationship to relationship to relationship because they're never satisfied. And they break up, and they find, oh, maybe this is going to bring the joy that I'm so desperately seeking. And then that guy gets on your nerves. Well, I'm not enough with that guy. I'm going to try this. And then we live in a world where it just goes on and on. Well, you know what? Now I'm going to get married. If it doesn't work out, you know, divorce used to be a big deal. 2020 is just like, no big deal. NBD. Just do it. Get, do it again. And there's people that live that cycle thinking that a relationship is going to bring them the deep joy and their why in life. It could be a vacation spot. It could be an experience. If I just experience this, that's what the whole world is all about. If you just experience this vacation, if you experience this with a vehicle, if you have the right things, then you're going to be happy. I want you to know that is a lie from the enemy. Stuff is not ever going to make us happy. Now, does God bless people? Absolutely. I pray God's blessing upon you every single day. I believe that he blesses your generosity. I believe all that. But if you're just having stuff to make you feel like this is going to make you reach your purpose, you're deceived. You look around and you see people trying to fill it and to fill that fulfillment, find that purpose and stuff and relationship, things, You know, I I can remember I went to Elaine's 10-year high school graduation reunion. It was weird. It was a weird experience. First, I didn't know everybody. But as I'm there, she's kind of telling me, oh, that was the football star. Oh, that was the most popular guy. That was the thespian. He had all these friends. Oh, this girl over here, she was like the homecoming queen. And then I started, I I just was in this mode, I'm just going to watch I don't know anybody. I'm just watching. And she found a couple of really good friends, so she was off to the side talking while I'm watching. And so I took notes as she was telling me. And I started watching the football star as the night went on, and I started seeing the different ones that were so popular, and the homecoming queen, and the different ones that were so popular. As the night went on, they started getting more drunk and more drunk to where they hadn't seen each other in 10 years, and these people are acting like they've been married for 10 years. 
the way they're dancing, the way that they're shaking it. It was weird. It was scary. And then I started asking questions. I'm sorry, those that are watching online, I don't know exactly what that means either. But she said, well, that person, they've been divorced. They've struggled with alcoholism. That one was struggling with a drug addiction. And what they thought was going to bring them happiness and popularity, they began to live out a life that was absolutely miserable for them. As they were up there drink, drinking and dancing and all that, they went home to an empty house. Do you think they were happy? They had no real purpose in their life other than getting drunk the next night. God has so much more than getting drunk the next night. Can you say amen? Some people, they feel like, if I get this powerful position, if people will call me whatever, CEO, or they call me pastor, or they call you the owner, the boss, if I can just be the boss and buy one of those hats, and I can act like Michael Scott and, you know, just run the office. You know what? So often people with all this power, they end up hating life and are miserable. People that are so popular, they have online platforms. How many suicides have we been seeing over the last year with YouTube stars that what looks like it's so much fun and so great and so fulfilling on screen turns out to be miserable, lifeless, and purposeless. Some people think if I just can make this amount of money, then I will be happy but so often people, they work, and they work 24-7. That's what so many people have seen over this pandemic is as they've removed themselves from the hectic busyness of going 24 hours, seven days a week, and they begin to reprioritize their life, they see that God has so much more for them in the purpose of serving him instead of serving the world and serving manna. Remember, why we were created? We're created for a place called heaven. We're just passing through. We don't talk about heaven enough. We're going to heaven forever. So we get so caught up in this 80-year thing. We get so caught up in this 80-year thing that we have this little detour before we get to heaven for 80 years, if we're lucky. We're passing through. The Bible calls us aliens to this world. It calls us sojourners. Sojourner is a person that's just passing through for just this time. But I believe that God's called each one of us with God's purpose for such a time as this. So many people, they're searching for what the world can't provide. True joy, true peace, and true purpose. First time I ever felt real purpose in my life was in 1987. I was an introverted kid, shy, I was 21 years old, went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. On my way down there, the pastor in charge of the trip said, you're in charge of children's ministry. I went, what? I'm in charge? I'm just going for the ride. I'm just gonna help build this church. But you know, I saw as I got out of my comfort zone, God began to use me in ways I never thought would be used. I didn't understand a word any of those Dominicans were saying. They were just talking it up. I'm like, whoa, baño. You know, I, I don't know what to say. Cristo te ama. But what I felt, God used me in a way that I've never been used for the first time. 
At the end of the trip, we went into the public schools in Santo Domingo, and the pastor says, you're preaching the message in this class with a bunch of high school freshmen. I said, no, I'm not. He goes, oh, yeah, you are. And I went into that classroom, and I watched all these ninth graders glued on every word that I was speaking. And all I did was share the good news of the gospel and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Every single student raised their hand to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, what that did, I was just living my life to have fun. I was just living my life to go out with my friends after service was over. We were at church all the time. Back then, Saturday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we were at church all the time in the middle of the service. Where are we going, Glenn? Chi-Chi's, Bennigan's, for those that are in this area. That was back in the day, I know. But that was all I was living for, to go on a mission trip and affect the eternal eternity for so many young Dominicans. It changed the very course of my life. I felt purpose for the first time. And when I came back, I said, where I'm going is not where I'm going anymore. I'm going to do something different. And what I did, I didn't begin to seek out what my purpose was. Okay, I am purpose. I just began to serve where there was an open door to serve. So I was in the four and five-year-olds for five years. It wasn't a fly-by-night thing. I would have still been in there. When they, they came, I was serving in four and five-year-olds and middle school at the same time. Middle school. Middle school. <laughs> for eight years. And the middle school got so big, Pastor Lloyd told me, he goes, will you just lay down the four and five-year-olds? Like, oh, man, I love what we're doing in there. There's, there's kids that don't have fathers we're able to minister to. But you see, when you're faithful in the small things, with no agenda, God begins to open up doors you never thought could be open. When I came back from the Dominican Republic, I never thought that one day I'll be a senior pastor. No way. I thought, I'm gonna sign up for the nurseries. And I dressed up like a clown, and they called me the joy clown, and I was just so happy doing that. No agenda other than God's purpose for my life at this moment in my life. So often we could get so caught up in looking at yesterday. Believe me, if we look at our yesterdays, we're gonna live our life so discouraged. Aren't you glad God has redeemed us from our yesterdays? And he's placed us into today so that we can be all there, that we can live our life with purpose, that we can live our life with joy, because how we live our life out today is what's going to change the trajectory of our future for years and decades to come. Focus on your today. Number two, you don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. David wasn't pursuing his dream. He was pursuing God's purpose, and he served. We saw that in Acts. He just was serving out God's purpose for his life. So we see in David's life, the first thing we see is Samuel goes to anoint the next king of Israel. He goes to Jesse's house, and Jesse has all these sons. You have the tall, good-looking son. He's got to be him. You got the average son. Well, maybe it's him. You went through all of these sons. They're like, is there anyone else? Well, we got this ruddy, 
The Bible calls him ruddy. I'm going to study ruddy this week, and I'll let you know what that means. Ruddy, kid, just out watching the sheep. But we saw in that moment David, who had no agenda other than to serve God's purpose, was doing God's purpose right there at that moment. And he was serving him in the sheep's pen. We see it in Psalm chapter 78, starting verse 70. He says, he, God, chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ooze and the lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. You see, God was looking at the heart of a servant. The other brothers thought it was for sure them. One's all working out, looking buff, flexing. Hey, it's got to be me. No. It's the one that right now has no agenda that's serving in the sheep pens. Some of us need to lose sight of this grandiose thing and start serving God in the sheep pens. Whatever that means, to serve him where you are with an open door right here and right now. The next thing we see with David, he goes to bring Lunchables to the guys that are on the front lines. And there was a great giant, Goliath. They were freaked out. The Goliath, think about Goliath. I'm 6'5", add three feet to me. That's Goliath, and he wasn't nice. He was mean, he was nasty, he was threatening. All of the Israelites are afraid, his brothers are freaking out. David had no agenda to come and kill Goliath. He came to deliver food to the brothers on the front line. But what did God do? God used a young man that sought after only to serve God's purposes, and he used a teenager. He used a young boy to kill the giant, to kill the Palestinian giant that was threatening and freaking out all of those that are in Israel. David served God's purpose. David wasn't this mighty warrior. He wasn't like in all this shape. He wasn't like a, you know, one of these fit guys that were just, he's just a kid. But he was a kid that had no fear because he had God. You see, you and God make a majority. David had no doubts that he was gonna walk out his purpose in life by strictly serving one purpose at a time that God has for him. It started with watching sheep. The next step was killing the, the great giant and he was anointed king. So, the last point today, finding your purpose. Number three, if you want to serve God's purpose, start serving God's people. Pastor Glenn, I wanna write a book. Well, that's great, that's great. But right now, what are you doing? I've had people, they say, I wanna do what you're doing. I just wanna get up there, I got things to say, and I wanna preach, just like you're preaching. You know what I tell them? No. No. But I always ask, where are you serving right now? Some people, they just want to jump over. You see, I didn't end up one day preaching in front of people in a church like this, a great church like that, best church in America right here at Countryside. It just one day I didn't wake up and said, man, I, I'm just going to go do that. You see, David was doing things behind the scenes that no one ever saw. He was just serving God's purpose. I was doing things behind the scenes and I was, trust me, I was very satisfied with five years serving the nurseries. 
helping single parents with their kids. I was very satisfied being the youth pastor for 20 years. I loved it. But when you're faithful in the small things, then what God does, he can trust you with more. That's what happened with David. He trusted him with the sheep. Then he trusted him with the giant. Then he trusted him as the king of Israel. It didn't just happen overnight. Focus on what God's doing in you right now. Pastor Glenn, come on. Are you trying to kill my dreams? No, I'm not trying to kill your dreams. I'm trying to ignite your dreams by serving God's purpose today because your dreams are going to be in front of you as you serve God's purpose today in your life. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an influencer on Instagram. You know, there's actually people that buy likes on Instagram. They buy followers on Instagram. Whoa. I'm thinking I'm cheap. One thing you'll never see me do is buy people on Instagram. That's so weird. I guess weird is the word of the day. I want to be famous. Pastor Glenn, all of that you're talking about, it sounds so biblical. It is biblical. But let me tell you, it's a deep truth that will minister to the core of your very being when you begin to embrace God's purpose for you today. Let's look at Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. It says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. Man, if I would have been next to God, I would have said, you know, I'll do that, but, you know, I, I kind of need a little bit better, a little better than a stable. It stinks in there. And even as a baby, I know I'm going to smell it. Could you put me, like, in a, a nice hotel, God? Could you put me in a little place where, you know, I'm, I'm willing to suffer a little bit, but I'm not looking to be beaten and crucified. Man, that's God. Come, No, Jesus willingly gave and he willingly served because he was the answer of redemption for all of mankind for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for your selfless love. So you want to build a business? Look at possibly creating a product that serves and helps other people. You're looking to be an influencer? Look at a place where you're going to speak into people's lives, and you're going to be able to build lives and help people and, and love people. You want to have a big church? I never went on my life journey to have a big church. I just want to do what God's called me to do. And if we begin to live our lives saying, God, no matter how small the beginnings are, Pastor Lloyd always said when he started Countryside, there were seven people in the living room. God does not despise humble beginnings. You focus on that one person that God may put before you today that will bring purpose to their lives through you. Don't let the enemy rob you of your why. Serve your why today through serving God's purpose for your life. Maybe it's picking up groceries for a neighbor. Oh, nobody's gonna really see that. I know, you see, that's the point. We get so caught up in performing, that's the world we live in, to perform and to be seen and then post it so everybody else can see it. How about we, we do things with the motive of just serving God's purpose? Maybe you're, you can volunteer to help at Helping Hands. We're mobile now. Saturday, they, they serve 70 families on Saturday. Food, purpose, love, loving God and loving people. 
And I hear people saying they're missing church. And I've even I asked a guy last week, what do you miss about church? You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, he's going to say he's missing my preaching. I just know that's going to be his answer. He didn't say that at all. I'm okay. I'm not hurt. I'm okay. He said, I miss serving. I miss greeting. I miss seeing my family, us. I miss fellowship. I miss doing what God's called me to do. No pay, no awards, no recognition, but just doing what God's called me to do. The most joyful moment in your life is when you're not always doing stuff just for yourself, but you begin to do stuff for other people. Your purpose isn't in someone or something big or this big assignment. Your purpose is one God assignment at a time where you focus on God's purpose. So what's your why? David served God's purposes by taking care of the sheep and bringing Lunchables to his brothers. David was a man after his own glory. David was known at the end of his life through his ups, through his down, through his faithfulness and unfaithfulness, David was known as the man after God's own heart. I want to tell you, at the end of my life, first service, I looked at the and I said, if we could figure out how to write that on my tombstone, if I lived that out, I want to be known as a, a man who loved his family, loved his wife, loved his children. But to have a line that says, a man after God's own heart. What a great purpose for us to walk out. I thank you, church. You've always been a church that has a heart after God. You've always been so kind and loving. Something I hear all the time is what they love about our church are the people. The people are so warm and so loving. Why? Because you understand what it means to love God and to love people, and you do that daily. You're so generous. You're so giving. We never have to beg you for anything. You're just like, whatever, whatever we can do, we're here, we're here, we're here. You have such a heart for evangelism. You have a heart to see the lost saved. You have a heart, truly, I believe, for God's purpose. You see, I don't want to look back at this time and this season and said, well, we hunkered down and we got through it. I want to look back at this season and saying that's when the body of Christ came together more than they've ever come together, that they began to be the church in ways that they never have been the church before, that individuals stopped looking at themselves as part of a church, but began to look at themselves as the church. And when the church rises up, I want to tell you this, listen, it's not going to be a building. It's going to be a people that's going to bring revival to a nation that desperately needs the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's when you step up and you embrace the purpose of being the church. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Let's look back one year ago today, on a Sunday, 2019. Hey, just want to let you know, 2020, I'm giving away free masks. You know, hey, 2020, I know it's only a year, you know, we're, in our mind, we're thinking, oh, that's like 2050, 2075. Oh, by the way, in 2020, you're not going to be able to see your loved one that's in the hospital face-to-face -face for months. Who would have ever thought that? 
oh, you're going to be locked into your house for three months. 2020, who would have thought that? Who would have thought that the entire nation would have closed for three months in 2020? If I would have said that to you last year, you'd say, man, what are you getting into this end time stuff, pastor? What's going on? Yeah. Look at where we are. Now, I want to encourage you to be the church, to embrace God's purpose for your life, to be who God's called you to be. Quit looking at your past Look at right here, right now, where you are, what God wants to do in you and through you today. And then when you're faithful with today, look out because your tomorrow is never going to look the same ever again in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. I pray for each and every person in this room, every person that's watching online right now. Let them know their purpose is your purpose. Serving your purpose and your purpose is in every single person within the sounds of my voice, you have purpose for them. So God, today, ignite a new fire in our hearts that we wouldn't become complacent, that we wouldn't yield in to depression or anxiety, but Lord, we would be set free to be who you've called us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to close right now. But before we do, this is the most important moment of today. The moment I get to share with you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why Jesus came. He came for the remission of our sins so that we might have life and we might know life that is abundant. That we'll be forgiven. We'll be redeemed the sins will be washed away by his blood and we'll have a relationship with God Almighty himself through his son by accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. You want to find real purpose? A purpose for every single person that's listening is to know God intimately and to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And if that's you today, I want to ask you, if you're watching online, you can hit the button that says raise your hand right now. You're saying, Pastor Glenn, that's what I want. I want that relationship. I want to truly know God as my Savior. When I count to three, will you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I believe that today is the day of salvation for you. So will you raise your hand if that's you when I count to three? One, two, three. Will you raise your hand? God bless you. Will you look at me when you do? Thank you so much. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Can we all pray together for the sake of those that raise their hand that are responding to the gospel message today? Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might have life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I receive you as my Lord my Savior, my God, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. God's best is ahead for us, church. Embrace it and be the church to a lost world. God bless you, church. Would you stand to receive your blessing? You're getting a double blessing today, a blessing over your finances, a blessing over you. And in fact, I want to ask ushers who are at the doors would you also, as people walk by, whether they give or not, would you say a blessing in your heart for everyone 
that walks by today. If you just lift your hands or lift your hearts to receive this, may God bless and prosper you. The God who sees your heart, the good things that you do in secret, the generosity that is within you, may he just lavish his favor upon you, your finances, your work, better work, your businesses, and may through that prosperity, may he see through you many others be blessed. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, countryside. Have a wonderful day. Hope you enjoyed today's service, church. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. That's the best decision you have ever made. We would love to partner with you on this journey. So if you want to head to our Countryside app and go to the Prayer Resources tab, we'd love to pray with you and help you out. Also, this week, we've got a brand new guided prayer for you on our app, as well as a testimony from my wife, Danica, that you're not going to want to miss. I will see you guys then.